Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. What a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. I am glad that you are here. I'm glad I feel the Spirit of God. Yes, yes, yes. Hannah, you are right. We are here in the midst of God's presence. And thank you, praise team, for praying it down. But thank you, church of God and family of God, for stepping into the flow as the trouble or the waters are troubled and the angel of ministry has descended. And I just feel in my spirit, and I can see prophetically, that there are multiple angels here just entering into what we are trying to do and figure life out. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Those of you that are streaming online, God bless all of you. I'm glad that you're with us. I'm glad that you're kind of leaning in and leveraging technology. And so welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're able to stand with me this morning, I'm going to turn your attention to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Praise God. The Bible reads as so, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. I want you to kind of get a hold of that phrase. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. I'm going to preach to you this morning on a subject matter I'm going to call like father, like son. Like father, like son. Heavenly Father in heaven today. I pray, God, that a prophetic, profound word would leave this pulpit, and that it would touch every hearer, God, whether they be in person or streaming, whether they're watching an archive in weeks or months to come, but I pray that the Holy Ghost would do like it does best, God, touches people and and blesses people and brings assurance. Let this message be no different, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus to every hearer, and if you agree with that and you want to receive a word for this morning, someone shout back to me, amen. amen, amen. Now put your hands together one more time. Let's give him an offering of praise and thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. And you may be seated. You may be seated. Like father, like son. When a child acts like their mom or dad, someone might use the proverb, like father, like son. Or if it's a girl, they may say, like mother, like daughter. It is a common of similarities that exist between children and their parents. The reason this happens is because children inherit traits from their mother and their father. However, there is another factor at play. As a child grows up or as a child matures, they are influenced by what they see their parents doing and saying. The end result is that once the child reaches adulthood, the way that they act may be similar to their parents, hence the phrase, like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. Because that will determine exactly how they end up. It's the influence. What part of your influence do you have from your heavenly father? What part of the traits from your heavenly father are you living? Has he influenced you? Has this church influenced you? Has the preaching and the worship and the profound word of God influenced you? Because that will determine how your story ends by the influence or the handprints that God has in your life. As kids grow up, they mature. But they mature because they become older. The question I propose to the church this morning is, 
What is maturity? I would say in the context of my message, maturity is consistency. What is consistency? Consistency is when I do things when I don't feel like it. I go to work when I feel like it, and I go to work when I don't feel like it. I exercise when I feel like it, and I exercise when I do not feel like it. I go to meetings when I feel like going to meetings, and I go to meetings when I do not feel like going to meetings. I go places when I feel like going places, and I go places when I don't feel like going places. I do what I got to do. If I got to walk, I walk. It hurts, but I got to do it. Why? Because I am a mature, grown adult, and I understand the value, Brother Foster, of consistency and stability and being where I'm supposed to be and watch me now and doing what I'm supposed to do. Why? Because I'm like my father. I am consistent. I am solid. I am stable. And when I got to do something, I got to do it regardless of how I feel, regardless of my mood, regardless of my feelings. So here's my question to you this morning. What part of your mood has your moved beyond your mood? What part of you has moved beyond your mood? I'm preaching about like our heavenly father. I'm preaching about characteristics that we should have if mighty God has that. Because the part of you that is true relationship with God will move beyond your feelings, will move beyond your mood. You see, the sun is rising on the good and the evil. It wasn't about the good and the evil. It was about the Father. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. It was not about the behavior, about the just or the unjust. It was about the Father. Jesus said, if we learn to be like him, then we are his father's children. There is something about being like our father, the influence of the spirit, the craving to be more like Jesus. When we zoom out on the scriptures and we see exactly how Jesus was, the consistency and the stability that Jesus did, if that is our heavenly father and you have your spirit of God living inside of you, my friend, there are going to be some characteristics and some similarities of your heavenly father in the way that you live your life down here on earth. Oh, can someone shout amen? I'm not much for trash TV. And most TV is trash. But go back to the days a few years back when they would have those trash TV shows and they would bring them up in the camera. And there would be a moderator there and it seemed like there would be like some broken family accusing this guy of being the father. Some broke down woman over here accusing some broke down guy and there's the moderator. And in some occasions, it breaks out into a barroom brawl because all the attitudes are going back and forth. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, somebody. You're the father. No, I'm not. You're the daddy. No, I'm not. You, I won't get into all the details, but anyway, just let your mind go down a path a little bit. And they're back and forth and they're back and forth. And, and, And if this is legitimately his kids, what do they end up doing? They do a test. You can't trust what they say, so you do a DNA test. Why? Because DNA doesn't lie. The DNA code is the genetic profile that you get from your parents, your father, your mother. You see, you can steal my driver's license, but you can't steal my DNA. You can take my car, but you can't take my DNA. Every living organism has a DNA code to which someone has been exonerated on death row. Well, Foster, you would know better than all of us, but... People have been in prison for 20, 30 years and then been set free 
by their DNA. I'm preaching this morning about our Heavenly Father. I'm preaching this morning about our divine DNA, that you have the DNA of your Father, and it's consistent with our Heavenly Father. Why? It's the spiritual DNA that lives inside of me that we call the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And if God really is inside of my life, then He's inside of my world, and He's inside of my family, and He's inside of my thoughts, and He... Come on, somebody, let me preach to you this morning. Why? Because it's the spiritual DNA that keeps me stable in an unstable world. It's the spiritual DNA that keeps me godly in an ungodly world. The purity. Why? It rains on the just and the unjust alike. But I've got the characteristics of my father. When things aren't going good, I'm living beyond my mood and my attitude and my feelings. Why? Because I'm stable. I'm mature. Mm, Come on. My mood is not going to derail me. How many times did Jesus get into a bad mood? Can you tell me in Scripture? I don't think so. But if he was a human being, Brother Brother Foster, somehow he suppressed that and he worked past that. And if I've got my father's DNA, I refuse to allow the things of this world and the people to control the glory of God that's coming out of me. Why? Because I got a connection with the father. I got a connection with the spirit. And anything going on around me, I refuse that to taint the spirit of God that's coming out of me and helping me be mature and stable and consistent in this present world and during a pandemic. Like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. You see, I've got my confidence in God, which puts confidence in me. Don't allow other people. Don't allow other seasons. Hear me, somebody. Don't allow their circumstances in your life to change who you are. You are blood-bought. You have the DNA of your father. You have the characteristics. We've run the test, and I realize, hey, I've got the same DNA. Hey, I've been born again. I've been set free. I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. What are you talking about? I'm mature in God, and I'm walking this path, and I'm coming out of a pandemic, and I'm trusting God, and I'm learning, learning. Learning to live beyond my mood. Don't bring your mood up here in the house of God. If you've got got some characteristics of your father, he didn't do that. Don't bring your attitude rolling up here in the house of God. Somewhere you got to get alone with your heavenly father and talk it out. If I'm going to be like father, like son, I got to start, Brother Foster, I got to start doing some things a little different because the natural flesh of who we are before we got the DNA of God and the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't like some of you sitting next to each other. It's time some of you put the climate control or thermostat within the reach of who you are. Come on, set that thermostat to who you are. Don't let the atmosphere, don't let the weather, don't let the conditions, don't let the forecast. Mm. Don't let that change who you are. Hey, whenever it gets cold, what do we do in our homes? We set the thermostat to heat. The cold's not going to dictate I'm going to freeze inside my house. And in the summer when it's too hot, oh, no, Mr. Sunshine, you're not going to roast me out of my living room. I'm going to turn the AC on. Why? Because I'm in control of the thermostat. It gets hot here in Temecula, and thank God I'm going to welcome the heat for a couple of weeks when it gets here, and then I'm going to tell you, get on out now. Okay, coming home with a vengeance. We're going to start popping on our air conditioners. 
But here's the point. It could be 108, 109 out here in the summer, and that may not be too far off. But I promise you, it won't be 108 and 109 in my home. Why? Because I'm in control of the, app, the thermostat of what's going on in my house. So if that is, there's some correlations with who I am and what's going around me, I'm going to be in control of me getting in contact with God. I'm going to be in control of me mirroring my Heavenly Father. Why? Because it's the spiritual DNA that God gave every one of us that we really need to recognize who's our Father. Go back to the old trashy show. They always say, who's the daddy? And the old broken down lady says, yo to daddy. Who to hit daddy? Uh-huh. I'm not either. And the DNA test comes back. Oh, yes, you are. Give me my money. Meet me in court. But it all went back to the DNA. So put the thermostat control within who you are. Don't let the situations. When you can walk through hell and talk about heaven, my friend, you've got the DNA of God's spirit in your life. When you can walk into through a valley and act like you're on a mountaintop, what are you doing? You're moving past your attitude. You're moving past your mood. You're growing up. You're maturing. You're becoming something for God. And you're standing strong when things around you are sinking sand. But on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. What are you talking about? I've got the maturity of my heavenly father. I've been born again. I've been blood bought. My sins have been washed away. And look, I'm his son. And watch this. Yes, he's proud of me. I'm his daughter. Yes, he's proud of me. Why? Because I'm walking in his footsteps. Oh, someone shout amen. amen. Woo! When you can praise him in the midst of worry and strife and confusion, you've got his DNA. When you have the spiritual DNA of your father, you will act like your father. Pushed into a corner, shoved against a wall, you'll act like your father. But too often, I think we get careless we get desensitized by the power of the DNA that is in If you've been born again, my friend, you've got the DNA. What's born again? That I've been baptized. I've been filled with the Spirit of God. He's earmarked my life. He's put me on a solid rock to stay. And now I'm going to be just like my Father. It's my Heavenly Father. So I've got my Father's DNA. I want you all to know that you've got the DNA. It's the connection. It's who my father is, Brother John. It's my family traits. There's things about your family traits that, that you, back and forth with people, you might make fun of just in gist and joking, but family traits run deep. The way people were brought up, the way people were raised, and the expectations. And what do we all say? Oh, that, she's acting like her mother's side of the family. Oh, he's, he acts like his mother's side of the family or vice versa, whoever's saying. It's always the other side of the family because we imply that's where the bad traits come from. But our family tree is pristine, perfect oak tree coming up. Yeah. woo yeah. And their family tree is a little broken off, busted stump over there. <laughs> Can't even grow a green leaf. Thank God you got my family tree to make you stable. And you'll, be, you'll be something in life because of my family. Huh? Don't we always blame the other side of the family tree? Or is that just a conversation in my home? I don't think so. But about the DNA in the family tree. When you start acting like something that's not God, that, that's the other side of the That's the natural man. That's the carnal man. 
That, that's the pre-Christ man. That's the BC man before Christ. But, but since God came into my life and he's put me into this family tree and I'm a part of what God's doing, then I'm telling you, my friend, I better start acting like I've been filled with the Spirit. I better start acting like I've been born again. I better start acting and trusting like God has done something for me that nobody else could do. Why? Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Come on, somebody. Because some of you without God's DNA would be mean. And to be honest with you, some of you with God's DNA, you're still kind of mean sometimes. You mind if I preach sugar-free for a minute, Brother Foster? I get, so I get someone's blessings to go sugar-free? Yeah, but you guys want me to go sugar-free for different reasons. You're just egging me on. Kind of like trying to egg on a fight, huh? But you're not in the fight. Some of you need to realize and look in the mirror and say, you know what? I haven't been very uh, becoming to my family tree. I haven't been representing my father. My father wouldn't be pleased with me. My mother wouldn't be pleased with me if I was acting like this. And some of us need to get realigned. Why? Because I'm telling you, my friend, this pandemic has been weighing and weighing and chipping and chipping. In the last several weeks, I've been preaching about the pandemic. I've been preaching about coming out of the pandemic. I've been preaching about the force and the acts. And and God's been laying all these things on my heart. Why? For our church's sake, for the people that tune in, for the people that visit here, for the people that attend here, the word of God is going forth. Why? To keep me saved and to keep me on the straight and narrow and to keep me solid. So don't get offended about the preaching. It's God. trying to reach you and if God's trying to reach you maybe you've erred off a little bit and you're not acting like him anymore and you don't have the attitude that he has and you've got "Mm, come on like father like son oh that's easy to say sure it is but he's all in my DNA he's in my spirit he's in my thoughts he's in my walk he's in my talk why because I've got his DNA and sometimes as parents Even with our kids' DNA, we've got to guide them and correct them. And there's some disciplinary actions. And how how do you respond when God's trying to get you back over and maybe in some little disciplinary actions and, and the preaching's coming forth and God's saying, hey, I'm talking to you. Look at me when I talk to you. Listen to me. Lend an ear. If you're my son, I love you and I want you to do right. I want you to succeed. Every father says, I want you to do better than me. Every parent says, come on, I want you to do better than me. Don't do what I did. Every father always says, don't go down the profession I went down. Hey, you can do better, son. We push our kids to do better. And how many times during this pandemic has the preaching and God's been pushing you to do better, to step up and to do what's right? And to look God back in the face and say, God, hey, I'm here. I'm stable. I'm mature. I'm not going anywhere. I can take it. I'm getting to heaven. I'm taking my family to heaven. I've got your DNA. I'm responding like you would. I'm going to move past my mood. I'm going to move past my attitude. I'm going to move past my nasty opinion and say, hey, God, make me brand new and let me see what I can hear. What does God see from his side? What does heaven see where I'm at? Somebody needs to listen to me this morning. So what part of you has moved beyond your mood? Because that is the only part of you that is God. That's why I'm asking the question. What part of you has moved beyond your mood? Because that is the part that is the DNA of God. 
That's what I want you to focus on. That's what I want you to separate and to look at and say, God, how do I expand this into my life and who I am? This part of me does well. This part of me struggles. I want every part to line up. Why? Because I am your son. I am your daughter. I have your DNA. I have your spirit. I'm representing you in this body that you gave me. And so I want to represent you to where you are a proud father. 1 Corinthians, Paul says in 1558, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always. Not sometimes, but always. What do we get from you always? What part of you is consistent part that has been converted that has been transformed by the engrafted word of God. What do we get from you always? It's that part that I'm talking about that's been transformed, that is consistent, that is stable, that is mature by the engrafted word of God. As I was studying this out and thinking about it, I thought about the engrafted word of God, James 1 and 22. The Bible says the engrafted word of God is able to save your soul. You hear all the word, but the word that you do is the word that sticks. Goes back to the analogy of the hearer and the doer. The admonition is don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. Oh, so there's something different. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean I could do either one? Not really, but people do. So the admonition, the takeaway there, Brother Tony, is, hey, don't just hear it, but you got to do it. That's the word of God that sticks with you. Engrafted means the word that stuck, the word that knit to you, or the word that became one with you. Several translations in my study called it an implant. The word has been implanted in you. What does that mean? The engrafted word, it's implanted, Brother John, and it became a part of your life. That's the only word that you can use under attack, under attack when you can come back and say, hey, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on now. It's the engrafted, the implanted word of God. That's what you use under attack is what has been implanted, what's knitted to you, what you know. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. David quoted that. What? It's the engrafted word of God. The only part of the word that you can use is the word that sticks with you. It got engrafted and it became a part of your DNA that the word becomes your word. You see, you can't take my word into a battle. You, you can't take my relationship into the valley. You, you can't take my DNA into the fight. You've got to take the DNA of your heavenly father and the word of the preaching that's engrafted or twined or knitted or embedded or implanted in me as I receive the word every Sunday. That's why it's so important. I got to be in the house of God. I got to hear the preaching. What are you doing? I'm getting the word engrafted in me. I'm getting implanted into my spirit. Why? Because I'm under attack. I'm in a battle. I'm I'm going through a valley and I'm coming out. Why? Because I've got the profound prophetic word of God. Woo! 
That word, again, let me repeat myself, that word that's engrafted in you becomes your word. Sister Heidi becomes your conviction, your faith, your tenacity. You see, right now I'm throwing out the word and whatever sticks with you will save you. It's the word, I'm throwing it out. I'm preaching it. The word that sticks with you will save you. The word that gives you an aha moment is the word that you can use in your walk with God and in a pandemic. I'm telling you, my friend, you've got to get some more word. You've got to get it engrafted. You've got to get it implanted. And where do I get that? I get it from the preaching and the teaching. I get it from the house of God. I get it from the word of God. I get it from the man of God. What are you doing? I'm engrafting the word of God into people's souls on Sunday. I'm bringing a rhema. I'm bringing hope. I'm bringing... Mm, Hallelujah. Yes, my soul has been troubled the last several weeks that we've got to make sure that we don't get weak and anemic. And I'm trying to preach to us. I'm trying to tell you what God's showing me in the spirit as a pastor. I'm throwing out the word here this morning. What's going to stick to you? What are you going to use? What are you just going to hear and discard? What are you going to bring into your life? You see, that's completely up to you. You see, this is about God. Until it becomes about God, you won't get the results you're looking for just acting like a Christian. Putting stuff on social media and cute little sayings don't make you a Christian. You can post all the scriptures you want. Woo, that's cute. No, 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 no. That's not maturity. The engrafted, implanted. Knitted sown in word of God. It's when you go through the fire and you go through the flood. It's when you go through hell and you're still standing, yo, saying, though that he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's the engrafted, like father, like son. How do you do that? I've got the DNA of my father. I'm just like him. Because when adversity came his way, he stood up, Brother Gustavo, and he said unto the world, and he said unto the people, and he did this. There's hope for us, my friend. We're coming out of the pandemic. It's getting a little better. It's loosening up. Shots are going around. Vaccinations here. Schools are opening up, etc. States are opening up. I'm telling you, my friend, but you've got to make sure that in the last 12 months, you have not been a little anemic and drifted off and disappointed your father. Yes, I know we've had to figure some things out, Brother John. I know we've been on our own on a self-guided tour at times, but we're not there anymore. We are having church on Sunday. We are having community groups in the middle of the week. Hey, you know, I just got to clap a minute to calm down. What do you know about yourself that is consistent? What is solid in you? Are you a protector? Are you a provider? Are you creative? Are you thoughtful? What is solid in you will determine how your story ends. What is solid in you? His DNA says, praise me in the sunshine, praise me in the rain. His DNA says, praise me in your pain, praise me in your pleasure. 
You see, his DNA says, praise me in your valley. Praise me when things are going right. Praise me when all hell is breaking loose. Come on, somebody. Praise me on the mountaintop. What is his DNA telling me? No matter the situation, no matter the circumstances, no matter the day, no matter the night, I'm going to praise him. If God be for me, who can be against me? I want you to know you don't really have his DNA if you only praise him when you got a pay increase. You only praise him when you got a boyfriend, a new car, a new house. Your spiritual DNA, you can praise him when you have no job. You can praise him when you have no husband. You can praise him when you have no groceries. You can praise him when you have no shoes. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's the DNA. Like father, like son. Like father, like son. You see, this is the level of consistency that has to do of knowing who you are. Because I know God. I know who I am. I know I'm going to make it. I know my family's going to stay saved. I know I'm going to be connected. I know I'm going to be tethered. I know. That's maturity. See, all the little kids next door and true kids. To be honest with you, their parents made them go. How many of you this morning fought with your kids to get up and get ready for church? It would have been way easier just leave them. Hey, sleep till 1130. I'll be back. You won't even know I'm here. I'm gone. I mean, no, but you got up and you made them go. They had no choice. But everyone that I'm preaching to this morning had a choice. You know why? Because you're more mature. For the most part, we can trust you with your choices because you're mature. You've grown. You know what's evil and good. You know what's right and wrong. You know what's up and down. You know what's left and right, left and right. Because you learn that as you grew older. Little kids next door, that's what you're grooming them to do, is to know how to live, how to make a living, how to serve God, how what not to do and how what they should do. You're trying to train them so when they become an adult that they also are mature. That's what God's trying to help us this morning, Brother John, is to be a mature apostolic believer. And I don't waffle. And I don't retreat. And I don't quit. And I don't serve half-baked. I don't put my life on pause. I don't make concessions. Why? Because I'm mature. I'm a mature adult. Full-grown mature adult. And my decisions in my life are going to be different than these little kids on the other side of this wall. Why? Because they're not a full-grown, mature adult. And in my preaching this morning, God is trying to help us understand that if you're going to be like Him, you're going to be His daughter, His son, there's going to be a level of consistency of knowing who you are. You see, people that don't know who they are depend on other people to identify who they are. 
And depending on those people, that depends on what mood you catch them in. Let me close with this. I got a revelation as I was studying this week. If it rains on the just and the unjust, what's the matter? If good and evil fall on everyone, what's the matter? Who cares? What's the point? When you see the prosperity of the wicked, What's the point? What's it matter? Hey, here's my revelation. Brother John, then that perspective is what will be will be. It will turn out however it turns out. You see, if I'm doing everything I know to do, and I'm the just Brother Foster, and it rains on me like it rains on them, what's the point of serving God? Who cares? It's going to happen how it happens. If the sun shines on the evil and the good, and I'm good and that's evil, and we both get the sunshine, what's the point? I'm just wasting my time, spinning my wheels. We're both going to end up the same way. That's what the Bible says. I'm just sharing my revelation with you. So what's the point of coming back next Sunday? Shut her down. Turn the lease in. Because we're godly people. We're good people. But there's ungodly people and evil people outside that maybe they're on a sunshiny day and you're on a rainy day. And you say, what gives? Why bother showing up anymore? Matthew chapter 7. Therefore, who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will make him like, liken, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it did not fall for it, for it was founded on the rock. Very next verse. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them not, will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat up on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So what's it matter? Same winds, same rain, same flood. Same pandemic, Same COVID, same layoffs, same evictions, same divorce, same... That could include any of us or the ungodly. It could include God's people or the Egyptians. So, Fernando, what gives? What's the point? Just live like you want to live because it does it to both. Who cares? Who cares? What's it matter? Right here, look at this. That's the same 16 words in both scenarios. 
You see, it's been raining here, right? Maybe you got some ungodly people that everything's fine, and maybe there's a leak in your roof. Have you ever you had a leaky roof this last couple weeks? Hey, it's the same rain. Rains on the neighborhood. I happen to live in the neighborhood. I happen to be godly. Guess it doesn't matter because I got a leak in my roof. Now, what would be a little more easier to preach, Brother Tony, is if it was rain, rain, sunshine, rain, rain in, in your house. How come their driveways are wet? They're sprinklers? Oh, no, it's raining. How come my driveway's not wet? Oh, you're a child of the Lord. Wow. I want to be a child of the Lord. No, but what happens is you walk out. How come all five driveways are wet? Because it rained in the neighborhood. Why does it have to rain on my house? Same rain. But the conspicuous difference, the revelation I got, was what the house was built upon. He said, the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and great was the fall of that house. Same rain. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rock, the house fell not. So I propose to you this morning, that's why it matters. That's why it matters. That your house and your life and your marriage and your future and your very existence and being is built upon the rock. And yes, the rock can withstand rain. And yes, the rock can withstand floods. And when, but when the storm passes, you drive back down my block, Brother Foster, and now there is crumple, crumple, house, crumple, crumple. I live in this house. Why? Because I am built upon the foundation and the rock of Almighty God, and the DNA from my Heavenly Father flows through this house, and my house was not a great fall. Yes, and why? Yes, it makes a difference. So my precious people of God that I pastor, make sure that during this pandemic that you did not start to bring sand into your foundation. You see, we are in the world but we're not of the world. We function, we live, we go to work, we go to the grocery store. We go on vacation, we come and go, we go to the park. We live, we function. But I'm not tethered to that stuff. And I'm building a house upon the rock, which is the church of the living God. Upon this rock, shall I build my church and the gates of hell in the context of that what could be the gates of hell the pandemic the gates of hell could be anything that would crumble your rock it could be a belief we have in this church that you don't embrace it could be a standard that we set ourselves to to live holy unto God that you don't embrace And it becomes a thorn in your flesh. Anything that would deteriorate the rock of the living God, 
That's how the gates of hell prevail. And the things of the enemy prevail. When I start letting things in, and I'm bringing more sand in week by week. Watch me now. I'm almost done, but you got to let me get this off my heart. You could have the, the stone that the builders rejected, the rock. You could build there. But watch me now, okay? The more sand you put on that stone and build the edifice, the more stable it becomes. You can say, oh, the base is the stone. Yeah, but you got four feet of sand. Yeah, it used to be the foundation was on the stone, but somewhere in your walk with God, you brought sand in, truckloads of sand. Right here. Beep, 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 beep. Drop it right here. Eight yards. Huh? The things of this world. So yes, if you want to go tell somebody, Pastor was kind of fired up this morning, you're right, I am. Because I see what the devil is doing to some of you. And he's backing the dump truck up with sand. And you're thinking, whoo, a sandbox, yippee. No, 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 be careful. No, you can't build your house in a sandbox. In the natural, code won't even allow that. I'm not even a builder. They're testing the soil to make sure that this thing's going to stand. And I'm just pleading with some of you this morning. You're watching online. I want you to hear me as if you're here. I'm pleading with some of you. You did take a look. Great was the fall, the house in the sand. And it fell not, the house on the rock. So it's going to rain. We're going to get some pushback. Some of you and some of us are going to be under persecution. We're going to get some bad news. Everybody, we're all in this. But what are you built upon? What do you believe? And if you're built upon the rock, and it fell not. Again, watch me. Stand with me. I'm closing right now. I just copied and pasted. Those are the exact 16 words from both houses' stories. Identical. They don't change at all. My takeaway is, my revelation is what I'm built upon. And if I have my father's DNA, and if I have the characteristics and the traits of my father in the family of God, Foster, then I'm going to stand with maturity and I'm going to stand solid and I'm going to stand strong and understand Paul's writings in Romans 8 that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Ha. Somebody needs a whisper into your spirit. Nothing. 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 Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone that's here. Lord, I pray for those that are streaming, God, that it's lent an ear to this message for this church, for this time. 
that God, you will continue to keep us and mold us to the bride and the church as we build upon the rock of the living God. I pray, God, that you'd restore someone's strength. I pray, God, that you'd restore someone's spirit, restore someone's ministry, restore someone's mood, God, today. Let the word go forth. And let the thermostat of someone's life, God, be turned and changed. That would not reflect their circumstances. That would not reflect the climate and weather and temperature in which they live. But at the pure voice of God. The pure influence of God would restore that atmosphere in that family. Let this prayer touch everyone that hears it. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you and God bless.